Welcome to the Faith Mama Mondays podcast. I'm Dominique. I'm Ryan. And I'm Janice. And we're just three mamas who love God. We're not perfect and we mess up. A lot. But we have been called to a mighty work. Motherhood. We're on this journey with you. Yes, it gets messy. There are days you might cry. But we're here to remind you, you are not alone. We're in this together. Faith Mama Mondays is a place where we can connect, laugh, and even cry together. It's a beautiful community. Motherhood brought us together. Christ holds us together. Welcome to Faith Mama Mondays. Hello, mamas, and welcome to another episode of Faith Mama Mondays. We're so glad that you've tuned in with us this week, and we are excited to kick off our series on testimonies. So today we have a faith mama, Tiffany Foreman, who is also a new mommy, who will be sharing her story with us today. And I want to encourage you guys that we are 60 days away from the launch of the Faith Mama Radio Network and the Mama Encouragement app. So make sure you're on the lookout for those. It's going to be awesome. So I'm going to kick it over to my sister, Janice, and she's going to tell us a little bit more about the Mom Life Roll Call. And you know, it's funny, every week I do this mom life roll call, I'm in the middle of a mom life moment. I said I didn't have one earlier, but I do because I'm like running downstairs, which is why I'm out of breath, because I'm trying to bribe my daughter into being quiet so we can get through the podcast. So typically what we do during mom life, um, our mom life moments that we share, we share kind of what we're going through as moms. We might have stories that you make us laugh. Some of them make us a little frustrated. They may make us cry. But the whole point is for us to come together and share stories and let you know as a mom you are not alone. You're not experiencing it by yourself. Your child is not from another planet. We're all on the same planet. We're going through the same things. And so I'm excited to get going. Like I actually had a mom life moment, guys. Like I'm downstairs trying to bribe her with candy. (laughs) Like, please be quiet. Mom life. Mom life. Mom life. Well, how about what yeah. do you guys have out there? You all have any moments that you've experienced or anyone has anyone shared anything with us? Well, I have a mom life moment. I was actually contemplating which mom life moment I was going to share because so many literally happened within 24 hours. So I'm like, okay, <laughs> which one am I going to share? So here's one. What does it look like when your almost one-year-old is, like, done with baby food? Let me tell you what it looks like. It looks like spaghetti all over him, from the top of his head to the soles of his feet, marinara, whatever, spaghetti sauce smeared everywhere, and he's looking at you like, give me more, woman. That's what it looks like. <laughs> it's hilarious. So uh, and just in case you want to know what it looks like, you've got to put go into the Facebook group. There's a picture there. Like, I yes! put it there. I, I was like, yes, I hope there's a photo that goes with this story. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, that's awesome. Mom life. Mom life. So I have one also to share. Uh, So uh, I've talked about this before. We've been working on this potty training thing with Brooklyn, who is almost two. And so we've switched from pampers, from diapers, over to pull-ups to try and kind of, you know, get her in the flow of – you know, independent, independently using the bathroom. So I switched to a new brand that I normally buy, and so I I got the Pampers brand. So this is also like mom life, and I'm also looking for like suggestions, recommendations, help. So I switched from Love's pull-ups 
to uh, Pampers pull-ups because I, I like the way this, the Pamper ones fit her better, the brand. But so today I'm, like, changing her pull-up because she, she, she'll go pee in the potty, but she won't poop in the potty yet. So she went number two in her pull-up, and I'm like, okay, this pull-up doesn't have, like, the little straps that I can just, like, take it off easily without poop getting all over the place. I'm like, wait, how do I get this thing off of her? Like, I, this is going to end badly. So, <laughs> needless to say, it ended badly. And there was, like, I'm, like, trying to pull the pull-up off, but, like, not get the poop everywhere. It's, like, all smeared all down her legs. It's underneath my fingernails. It's, like, all on my arm. I'm like, oh, gosh. So, <laughs> y'all, please help me with some recommendations on pull-ups or training underwear that you guys have uh, had successes with because the Pampers was a total fail. And I have a recommendation for you for Pampers and their pull-ups. Rip it. Like, take the side and rip it. Like, that's, it. that's what I had to do. I mean, to that's avoid I mean. the poopapalooza, you just yep. rip that thing. Rip them all. Yep. Okay. I did the same thing. Rip them. Rip the sides. The sides actually are made for those to rip easy. If you ever try to do it, I, every time I take London's off, same thing. I use Pampers brand. That's all she can oh, use. That's all she's ever been able to use. Rip it. Dominique mm-hmm. nailed it. Rip it, honey. And you'll be there fine. Thank you for that because <laughs> it was disgusting. There's poop everywhere. <laughs> Man, my life. Back on the poop, I have a mom life moment. This is Tiffany. All right. All right. Yes, about poop. Go, Tiffany. We love to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> when, when Jeremiah was in the hospital, um, in the NICU, I was changing his pamper, and I was the one. I was always there, wanting to be really active in his care. So he had made um, a bowel movement, and they had said, well, you know, Mom, you can go ahead and change his diaper. Well, at that time, he was um, being breastfed. So when I looked at his poop, it looked at real seedy, and I closed the pamper. I'm like, you know, somebody come over here. Something is wrong. It looked seedy. And they were like, oh, no, 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 that's fine. That's fine. Just continue. That's how breastfed babies, you know, poop looks. So as I'm changing his pamper, he starts to poop again, and it start, it's like he's sitting the seeds out at me. <laughs> a seed would fly somewhere. And I'm nervous. I'm getting scared. And it's just disgusting. And I had to get one of the nurses to come over. I'm like, I need you to take over because this is a bit too much for me. And you know, they were laughing and everything. But I finally got used to it and knew that, okay, you got to change the pamper really, really quick. Because if he spits out another seed at me, we're going to have a problem. So, I think that mom life moment takes the cake. Like, I remember projectile poop. Like, that thing is real. Like, it's not a joke. <laughs> I'm like, stop spitting your poop seeds at me. <laughs> Oh, that's so good. I was waiting for, like, poop to, like, really resurrect itself in our mom life moments, and this is it. It's <laughs> poop. I, that's it. Hashtags. I'm done. I won't put it in the group. Sorry. I won't do it. Oh, <laughs> oh come on. Do it. Do it. Projectile poop. Every, all moms know about projectile poop. Come on. It's a real thing. <laughs> We've all got got. Like, this is, I, I love it. This is awesome. Oh, man. Mom life. All right, guys. That mom life, I think I have to get myself together because I'm still cracking up. (laughs) 
in the inside about the seeds. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Woo. Oh, man, about the seeds. Well, I first and foremost, before we dig in and get started, I want to say two things. Number one, I am super pumped. It is less than 60 days, and we will be unveiling Faith Mama Radio and Faith Mama Encouragement app. Can you imagine 24 hours a day, seven days a week of encouragement for moms? Like anytime you're feeling like, oh, I'm all alone, all you got to do is click the app. And we are right there with you. Faith Mamas are right there with you. You can access us on the on our community and Facebook. You can access us on the website. There will be music pumping and different awesome shows going on all day long that you can access. So I'm excited. And you know what else I'm excited about? I'm excited about the fact that Tiffany Foreman is on with us today. I am so pumped. Hello, Tiffany. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. I think a lot of people don't understand why I'm so excited. It's because I literally Facebook stalked your you and your husband's page when you were pregnant, and I'm like, what's gonna what what's going on? I'm like trying to like figure it out and put all the pieces together. And today I get to hear the story. So if no one else is excited, I am. And by the end of today, I know that everybody else will understand why. Um, so I'm pumped. So welcome, welcome to the show. Um, if I could give you a round of applause, I would, but it would sound really funny on a podcast. So, yeah, welcome. <laughs> so I have my first question for you, and that question is just diving right in. Tell us about the but God moment that changed your life. Wow, okay. Well, I'm going to start from the beginning, and then I'm going to lead up to the but God um, moment. So we were we got pregnant. Um, a couple of years ago, and um, I found out that the baby wasn't developing properly. So my body was was trying to go through having a miscarriage. But for some reason, my body wouldn't let go. So I had to actually have a DNC surgery to actually um, terminate the pregnancy. And for almost two to three months, my levels, my hormone levels, would not go down. It's like my body was refusing to let go of the pregnancy. It just wanted it wanted to stay pregnant. So I felt the hormones. I still felt sick. I felt like I was pregnant, but I really wasn't pregnant. So um, that happened in November. It wasn't until around January, February that my body started to get back to normal. So during that whole time, you know, I was just really disappointed because up until that that point, I didn't think I could have kids. So I was okay with not having children. My husband was okay with that at that point. And we were just going to just go, move, move on and, and live our lives. But then when I got pregnant, it opened up a feeling like this is possible for me. This is something that I could potentially, I could potentially be a mom. So I craved and I wanted it so bad. So um, after we had that miscarriage, I prayed and I believed that God was going to bless us double for our troubles. I told my husband, I said, we're going to have twins. Watch. I said, the next time we get pregnant, we're going to have twins. And, you know, he listened and just, you know, went ahead on um, about it. And a year and a half later, I was pregnant. And when I, I realized that I was pregnant, I went to the doctor. And I told my husband I didn't want him to go with me then. I just wanted to go by myself, and I just wanted to see what the doctor had to say because I was still nervous from the last time where I found out that the baby wasn't developing properly. So before I went into, my, into the doctor, I prayed, and I just prayed for a heartbeat. I prayed that everything was going well. So I went in, got seen. They did the exam, and she said, here's the heartbeat, and I finally was able to hear 
the baby's heartbeat. And she says, and here's the other one. I'm like, wait, what? She said, yeah, you have twins. I immediately started crying because I knew then that God had heard me and he answered my prayers. He blessed me double for my trouble. So I called my husband and I told him, you know, we were pregnant with twins and he couldn't believe it. At first he kind of like, you know, I got to call you back. I'm on a highway. I don't want to crash into anything. Uh, but then he called me back and he's like, you spoke this. You, you said it. And uh, we were happy. And I knew that um, if I believed and I had faith that everything was going to be okay because I was so afraid throughout the pregnancy that something was going to go wrong. Um, so every time I go to the doctor, they put everything up on the sonogram, and the babies were looking good. They were growing. They were doing exactly what they were supposed to be doing. And my doctor told me that I had the perfect set of twins because they were in separate sex. And she said it's like they're in separate rooms cooking. They don't know about each other. They're just doing their thing. So. I said, okay. So I'm looking forward to the pregnancy. I'm excited and I'm eating right. I'm just trying to do everything that I can to make sure that I have a successful pregnancy. I started to, around the first trimester, my goal was like, okay, if I can make it out the first trimester, that's what everybody said. If you can get past those 12 weeks, then it's easy. It really isn't. So got past the 12 weeks, and that's when we announced that we were pregnant with twins. We were so happy, so happy, so happy. We was giving our testimony in churches and, you know, encouraging people. And at week 15, um, I started to feel pressure down below. And I went to the doctor like I should, and I said, you know, I feel like something is wrong. And she examined me, and she said that nothing is, is wrong. You know, the heartbeats are still good. Go home and rest. I said, okay. So I came home, I rested, and I was fine. Then I, um, the next morning I got up to go to work like I normally would, and as soon as I got up and I walked towards the bathroom, I felt a big gush of water come out. And I told my husband I was banging on the wall, and he was like, what's the, what's the matter? I said, my water just broke. And he's like, no, it didn't. Your water did not break. You just laying in the bed too long, and you probably peed on yourself. So I'm looking at him, and then I'm looking down. I'm like, well, I don't have any cramps. I'm not bleeding. Everything that I read that says you're having a miscarriage, I'm not feeling any of those symptoms. So maybe he's right. So I said, okay. So I got in the shower, washed down, and um, I got out the shower, and I was just a little tired, so I just laid back down just to get myself together. And when I lay, as I was laying down, I started to feel pressure like something was coming out. So I got up, and I called my husband, and I was sitting on the stairs, and I told him, I said, I need you to look between my legs because I feel like something is wrong. And when I opened up my legs, the, 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 the face that he made, I knew that something was going on. He was able to see the baby's legs come out. So he, got, he went upstairs and he got me some clothes and took me to the emergency room where I had to give birth to baby A. It was a little girl and she was born stillborn. At that moment, it's like my life just turned upside down because I prayed. I believed, I had faith, and I felt that God let me down. I felt that he heard my prayer, and he took, he took it back. He took it back. You, you answered my prayers, and then I felt like he took it back. So I was just distraught. I was sad. I didn't know. I couldn't believe anymore. I, just, I didn't know what to do. Um, they put me in the hospital, and basically um, the nurses, they didn't think. They knew that one, sometimes once you lose one twin, It'll be a couple of days before you, the next one, you end up losing the other one. So they admitted me to the hospital, 
And I just couldn't have that connection with the baby that was still there. And people were saying, but you still have one left. You still have one left. And I couldn't love it. I was so afraid to get attached because my heart just got ripped out of me um, at that time. So my doctor had a high-risk doctor, and he said, well, you know, we want to try to save this pregnancy. We're going to do it whatever we can. So they said that um, I need to have a third class to keep my cervix closed. My cervix kept opening. It was too much pressure in my cervix because I also have fibroids. So the fibroids with the two babies, it was just way too much pressure. And one of them had to go. Um, basically, that's what happened essentially. So um, that first week, I was hospitalized. They took me in. They gave me a third class, sewed up my cervix. They said it, it looked perfect. Two weeks later, my cervix started to open up again. They put me back into the hospital. I had to go through another surgery to restitch it up again, and they actually did like double, triple, quadruple knots. And he said, I don't understand what it is, but your cervix is like it's so soft that no matter what we do, it seemed like it's still trying to open. So by this time, I'm like 19 weeks pregnant, and um, I'm still scared. I'm still in the hospital. Um, they put me on complete bed rest where I couldn't get up to do anything. I had to stay in the bed. I was able to take a shower, but it was only every two days, and it was only for two minutes. I couldn't clean. I couldn't cook. I couldn't walk up and down the stairs. I couldn't do anything. I just had to stay on complete bed rest. Um, and every time I went to the doctor, you know, he would check me. He's like, we're good. We're just trying to get to we, if we can get you to 24 weeks, the baby is viable. So that was our whole goal is just to making sure that I can get to 24 weeks. And then anything after that, you know, they'll do whatever measures they could to help the baby survive. Um, so at this point, you know, I'm praying. I'm like, okay, God, I had these surgeries. I'm doing everything that I could to keep these babies in. I'm not walking. I'm not doing anything. I was a person that looked perfect on the outside, but when they examined me, I had issues on the inside. So um, my last visit, my doctor, he said, you know what, I just want to put you in the hospital, just keep you here because I don't want you to, you know, what happened before, I don't want it to happen again. I'd just rather you be here. So in the month of August, they just um, admitted me to the hospital. Um, for the entire month, basically until I delivered the baby, whenever that was. Um, at that point, I was just like, you know, whatever it takes. I was in the hospital. I was um, on my – the way that they had me, I was basically upside down to keep all the pressure off my cervix. So they didn't want me sitting up or anything. I couldn't do anything. I had to just basically lay down with my legs up in the air and my head towards the, the, the floor. So I said, okay, I'll do that. If that's what it takes to keep this baby safe, if that's what it takes, I'm willing to do whatever it takes. Um, I was able to get steroids. One of my uh, doctor visits, I tested positive for, um, I forgot the name of it, but basically the test um, shows if you are, if you could potentially go into labor within two weeks. And I had a 30% chance of going into labor within two weeks. And my doctor told me, he said, um, and I'm going back for a minute. At one point in my doctor visits, he said, you know, with your fibroids and your cervix keep opening, we may have to terminate this pregnancy. Go in, remove the fibroids, and you just have to try again to get pregnant. But every time I looked at the sonogram, the baby was fine. It was just me. So I said, no, I don't want to do that. We're just going to, you know, keep believing, having faith, and we're just going to do whatever we can to do just to keep him inside. So he said, okay, well, we're not there yet. So now I'm in the hospital. They have me upside down. They're doing everything that they can. They're constantly 
checking the baby and checking my cervix, making sure everything is okay. And uh, my last sonogram was on a Thursday. I was 26 weeks pregnant. And um, by this time, I had the neonatologist come up and they're saying, if you, it's the potential that you could give birth. So we're going to give you these steroids to um, help him develop his lungs um, a little bit quicker just in case you go into labor. And then she just started talking about all the things that could go wrong when you have a baby so early. And I'm like, you know, God, please, I'm just doing everything I can to try to keep him inside. So my last um, ultrasound, when he took the picture, well, going, to, going back a little bit, every time I tried to get a, they tried to get a good picture of the baby, he would always hide from the camera. He hated the, the camera. Um, we did the anatomy scan, and they try to, you know, scan his arm to see the length of his arm, and he would hide his arm. They'll go to his foot, he'll hide his foot. So he never liked pictures. It was very hard to get any of the sonogram pictures. Well, this particular day, he looked straight at the camera, so instead of getting the profile pic, we got the full face-on pic. And it was the scariest picture I'd ever seen, and I sent it to my mom, and she said, it looks like he's saying, I'll see you later, or I'll see you soon. So I said, I don't know, Ma, but I'm okay. So my doctor checked me. He said, you know what, you're good. Your service is looking good. You're stable. He said, people like you, I would send home, but you, I think I just want to keep you here just a little bit longer because I don't want you to go home and then you start walking around and doing something and you're no longer stable. So I said, fine, I'm here for the duration. So by this time, it has, I had already been there for about two and a half, three weeks in the hospital. Um, so that Monday, my husband would come. Well, every day I was in the hospital, he would stay overnight with me. Um, and then sometimes I'll send him home for a day, and then he'll just come back. Well, this Monday, that Monday, um, he was scheduled to go out of town for business. And I said, well, you know, the doctor says I'm doing good, so if you want to go, then go. But he prayed about it, and he just didn't feel comfortable with leaving me. So he stayed. So he came up to the hospital that Monday, and uh, he stayed that Monday. Tuesday was pouring down rain, and he left to go home to take care of some business. And I had sent him a text message. I said, you know what? It's pouring. Don't, you don't even have to come back to the hospital. Well, he said, well, I'm already here. So he ended up coming Tuesday. Well, Tuesday around 11 o'clock um, at night, the new nurses came on, and she was asking me how I was feeling and everything. And I said, well, I feel fine. I said, you know, the doctor says I'm stable. The only thing is is my back is just hurting really, really bad. And she's like, well, you know, what's going on? And I said, it just hurts. She said, well, how long has it been hurting? I said, well, it's been hurting all day long. They gave me Tylenol, but Tylenol doesn't help a backache. So she said, well, I'll get you an Ambien because you need to get some rest. She said, but before I do that, I just want to check your cervix and everything. So she says, I'm going to do my rounds, and I'm going to come back and just look at your, um, not your cervix, I'm sorry, your uterus. So she came back about 30 minutes later, um, plugged me up and everything, and um, she says, do you feel that? I said, yeah. I said, it feels like he's moving, but every time he moves, whatever position he's getting in, it hurts. She says, okay. So she's like, and do you feel that? I said, yeah, that, that's it. She said, well, what about now? I said, now it's going away. And then I said, and he's moving again. It's like he's just moving, moving, moving. So she says, you're having contractions, Tiffany. And I'm like, what? And she says, and they're three minutes apart. So now I'm like, okay, well, they said that this could happen, but I'm ready because they said that if this happens, they can do something to stop the contractions. Okay, so where's the medicine that to stop the contractions? We can't go into labor. I'm only 27 weeks pregnant, exactly 27 weeks. So she called the, the hospital doctor down, and 
they were looking and they were moving me from side to side. And she's saying, you know what, he doesn't like these contractions. She says, every time you have a contraction, his heart rate drops. And the doctor said, we can't give you that medicine because it's such a, a high dosage, it automatically drops the baby's heart rate. So he said that if we give it to you, it could potentially kill him. And I'm like, okay, well, we don't want that. So he said, well, we're going to take you down to labor and delivery, but if these contractions, if his heart rate doesn't stop dropping, we're going to have to do an immediate C-section. And I'm like, okay. 27 weeks, the neonatologist told me all the things that could potentially go wrong, cerebral palsy, he could, you know, die, he can be brain dead. Like so many things was going on in my head, and I'm just praying to myself, like, God, please. You know, I did everything that I could possibly do. Don't don't take him from me, you know. Don't let these things happen. So I'm, I'm waking my husband up, and he's like, wait, we're, we're, you're having a baby now? You can't. So they go down, and his heart rate dropped all the way down to 60, which they said that that is crucial. So they have to take him immediately because um, they said that technically if he was out, that's when they would start doing compressions to try to bring him back. So um, they rushed me in. They did an emergency C-section. They, um, It was funny because when they cut me open, I looked up and I could see the light. From the light, I could see the reflection. So I saw when he slit my stomach open, and my brain told me that this hurt. And I started to really panic. I'm like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, this hurts, this hurts, this hurts. And he's like, no, it doesn't, no, it doesn't. So he kind of gave me some gas. He said, don't worry, everything is okay, you know, it's going to be all right. And I'm like, no, just knock me out, knock me out. He's like, no, your baby's here. Do you hear him crying? And I'm like, no. Well, he came up, by the time they took Jeremiah out, he came out crying. So he had, his lungs was working perfectly. So they, they switched, they um, let me see him for a minute, and they said that they had to take him to the NICU, and they told my husband to go with them. And I gave my husband instructions. I said, just make sure you stay with him. Make sure you do not leave my baby. Stay with him. And I passed out. Well, when I woke back up, um, I'm, they're stitching me up, and I'm asking the doctor, you know, did you remove the stitches from my circles? Do you have all your tools? Don't leave anything in me because I can't go through this again. And he's like, Miss uh, Foreman, we have everything. So I passed out again. So I woke back up, and I was in recovery, and my husband was um, rubbing my face and my arm, and I'm looking at him like, why are you here? I told you to be with the baby. Why are you not with the baby? So he said, he's fine. You know, he's breathing on his own, and he has nothing but good news to say. He said, but they're just doing some tests. So um, we, go, we'll, we can go back and, and look at him in a little while. So I said, okay. Um, so Jeremiah was born at 27 weeks. He was only two pounds and one ounces, and he breathed. He was breathing on his own for a good two to three days, but they did have to put him on a ventilator because he was working so hard to breathe, and they didn't want him to uh, basically overexert himself. So um, our NICU journey lasted for 75 days. Um, it was every day we didn't know what was going to happen. I mean, every day was something new, um, but it's, my butt God moment was basically when October 31st came and I walked out that NICU and there was nothing wrong with my baby. We've seen so many babies that was in that NICU that had different things wrong with them. The most, the only, the most that Jeremiah has is colic and reflux, which is normal for babies. Um, after those 75 days, 
after praying and, and everything, when I brought him home, I realized, like, God, you did answer my prayers. I am a mom, but I still felt sad that I had to lose one. And I felt that it was something about me, you know, it was me that couldn't keep him in long enough no matter what I did. What is wrong with me? And how come I'm not good enough to be able to have two kids? Why did, why did you take my baby girl from me? And one day, God, he told me, he said, I didn't take your baby girl from you. I protected your son. And when he said that, I just knew, like, you protected him. So if the enemy was after me and he knew that, you know, so he was going to try to take my child from me, you gave me this little boy. You gave me two so that when he came and attacked, he took one, but I still had the, the one that I was supposed to have, my baby boy, my, my Jeremiah. And that's why we named him Jeremiah, um, because it means that when we looked it up, that God will be exalted. And that's one of our favorite scriptures, my husband and I, Jeremiah 29.11. And uh, he's, just, he's just been a miracle. God answered every prayer that I had when it came to to Jeremiah. I was really sad that I never got a chance to take maternity pictures. I was sad that I never got a chance to have a baby shower. I didn't get a chance to really enjoy my pregnancy. Um, but soon as we had Jeremiah and we sent out the call and people knew that we had them, so many people flooded and sent us things, sent us gifts. So I never had a baby shower, but I never had to buy Jeremiah anything because friends, family, and strangers bought Jeremiah everything that he needed. One of my girlfriend's friends, now she's not even my friend, she called and she asked if I had a registry, and she bought $1,100 worth of things on my registry and had them sent to me. She says, you've been through so much. I don't want you to have to worry about anything but to take care of that little baby. My husband's father, who he didn't have um, the best relationship with, was the first one to buy us the, the, a stroller because he knew I was so, like, confused, and I just knew that my baby needed didn't have a car seat. And I knew that they, he couldn't come home without a car seat. I knew that he would be in the NICU for so long, but at that moment, I just knew that he needed a car seat. So his dad said, you know what, go get her, her stroller, her baby car seat, so that she can be at peace. Even though, I, you know, I knew three months later, He's not, he's not going to come home for at least three months. But I said all that to say that I didn't get what I wanted during my pregnancy, but when the time came, God made sure that I had everything that I needed when it came to Jeremiah. It was so much stuff that people had bought us, and when people asked what you need, I, there was nothing. I, there was nothing else that we needed. He had every single thing. This little boy was so blessed from the time that he was born up until now that people are still buying him things. I'm still sending us stuff. So my but God moment was when it looked like it was the end, God still came through. Um, and on the flip side of that, after I had Jeremiah, um, you think that, okay, you have the baby, everything is good. No. I got deathly sick um, soon as I had him. My stomach had swelled up filled with gas, and they, I had something what they call ileus, and that's basically when your intestines kind of go to sleep and don't wake back up. So because I was on bed rest for four months and I had this um, C-section, they moved all my organs around. My intestines wouldn't wake back up. So my belly just swelled and swelled and swelled, and it was rock hard, and it was so painful that um, I had to walk. They said, you know, we can't give you any medicine. You just have to walk. And I said, when I walk, I throw up. I was 
thrown up bile. I wasn't eating anything. I was on a liquid diet, but I still had so much stuff in me that just had to come out. And I honestly thought that I was dying. I thought that this is it. You know, so many people die giving birth. I thought I thought that was it, and I really prayed for my life. I prayed and I asked God to not let me have gone through all of that to leave my son without a mother. Please, please, please. And I just got the energy, and I got up, and I walked around those, those, those hospital hallways, and I just prayed and cried and prayed and cried and kept walking and walking and walking until I was able to get better, you know. And eventually I did. I was I was sick for 10 days, and I was let out the hospital 16 days after he, I gave birth to Jeremiah. Let yeah. me just, I have to say this. Oh, my goodness. First of all, um, I'm really overcome with emotion. I knew this was going to be awesome, but I didn't know how awesome. Um, and the, just the revelation that you got uh, when God said, I didn't take your daughter, I protected your son. It was a whew. Yeah. And yeah. Um, it just seeing God's plan, sometimes we don't see it, but he hears us when we pray. He hears us when we cry out to him. He hears us. He hears us. He hears us, and this is just an amazing example of God hearing our prayer. Tiffany, I know we have tons of other questions, but I want to encourage you, tell that story everywhere. Like YouTube, go to places, tell. There are so many moms that need that story. There are so many moms that are hanging on to a slither of hope, and that's all you need. You don't need a whole bunch. You just need a little bit. Um, you just need a little. And so that story, oh, my goodness, I am just excited. Um, that that it's being captured here. Um, I I just encourage you to tell it everywhere, everywhere. And I'm constantly in awe of this whole Faith Mamas community. And God has been saying that during this whole 60 days, bring moms on, bring moms on this podcast and let their stories, let their testimonies, let their testimonies ring through the airways, airways so that victory for moms all over the place will begin to, to, to spring forth. And God is going to use this story, and I know that it, it touched my life just now, so I thank you for sharing, um, but I know that this is not it. I, I'm, just, I'm just believing for thousands upon thousands of moms to hear this story and to have hope just to spark a little, all they need is a little bit, and this story will spark that hope. And oh, I'm just, woo, that I've actually told it in detail. So it was so much that was left out. Like, the pregnancy was extremely hard to, it was extremely hard to keep him in. I mean, I had to have vaginal suppositories inserted every night just to help keep my cervix closed. You know, not only was I not able to walk anywhere, but I couldn't really do anything. So my husband basically had to take over the house. So, you know, kudos to him. It was one point in time where I was so sick that I couldn't even wipe myself. I couldn't do hardly anything, you know, without the help of him. So kudos to him. You know, having him by my side through that time, it actually brought us so, so close Um because without him, I, I don't think I don't think I would have made it. I think that I just I probably would have just gave up. And I'm glad that I didn't because it was just so hard. It's it's hard to believe when everything that you see in front of you is to the contrary of what you're believing. Mm-hmm. And and I I just want to say this to you too, um, Tiffany. This is Ryan. Um, 
as you were telling your story, I, first off, thank you so much for being so um, vulnerable and transparent. And um, you know, God was like speaking to me as you were you were sharing your story. It's like there's just a strength about you, and you know, all that you've been through, you and your husband, all that you've been through with your pregnancy. There's there's this like strength, like I can just feel that God's spirit and God's strength is infused inside of you now, and that you're gonna, you know, you telling this story, your story, um, for the first time at, at this level of detail on our podcast, like it's gonna give you so much more encouragement to go out and share it again and again and again with your husband and it's going to just impact so many lives and give so much hope to you know parents facing the similar situation um, that you and your husband were in so I just praise God for you and your husband and your family and your baby boy Jeremiah um, I just thank you so much for, for sharing just being so vulnerable uh, with us and our audience and uh, it truly takes such strength to do what you just did and I'm 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 in awe of you, sister. I am proud of you, and I am in awe of you. And Thank you. God be the glory. Yeah, it was the hardest thing that I ever had to endure um, in my life because you just don't know, you know. You want something so bad that you never knew that you wanted until you get it, and then you fight to the death to hold on to it. And um, I'm just grateful to God that, he kept me. He kept my mind, and he kept my body. And although Jeremiah didn't stay in long enough, you know, I asked the doctors, I said, what caused the spontaneous labor? Because Jeremiah came. Soon as midnight happened, that's when those contractions started coming. He was ready to come. And uh, she said, we checked everything. There was no infection. Your cervix was not open. He was just ready to come out. He didn't want to wait any longer. He, he just wanted me. to meet his mom and dad. <laughs> <laughs> and my mom said, you remember that picture that I said he, that he looked at like I'm seeing you soon? It was three days later. Wow. Jesus. Jesus. Girl, you have a, that was a divine appointment. I'm going to tell you right now. It was just like it was a divine appointment. And Tiffany, look, girl, all I got to say is I know there's more detail. Just put it in your book. When you guys do this book <laughs> that you're going to do, and, you know, you and Reggie put it down because he has a side of what he experienced, just like you have a side of what you're saying. Put it in your book, and I'm excited to see it in the bestsellers list. I'm excited to see people calling you all up in person to do personal interviews. I'm excited because you cannot tell me that like, you are the definition of a faith mama. What I just heard was a faith mama, and I thank God for you. I thank God for what you did. I thank him for speaking through you, girl. I do that right there. I, I'm just going to stop right there. That was awesome. That, mm-hmm. that is awesome. And I'm, I'm excited, uh, Trenise, that you said about that the book. I was hearing something similar. And I want to encourage you. You know, this story is amazing. And you know the one thing I keep thinking every time I just keep replaying parts of your story in my head, and I'm like, that's that's like God. Like God is trying to show us Him through this story. Like He's like that is that is the fight I go through for you every single day. I will fight for you. I will fight for you. I will lay down my life for you. And when I just heard, you know, I'm replaying your story in my head, and I'm like, she was laying, she was laying like upside down, backward, trying to keep her like. 
that is annoying. Like, I can't even do that for a day, and you're doing that for an extended period of time and having things, having yourself poked and prodded. And the only thing I kept hearing as I'm replaying the story is God says, I am willing to go to that extent for you. And he says, I'm going to use this story to show everybody. He's like, it's going to be a sweep. I'm going to show everybody. It's going to be a sweeping across the world. He's like, I'm going to show everybody that I will fight for you that way. The way that this mom, the way that Tiffany was willing to lay down her life and fight for her baby, God says, I will fight for you. I will fight for you with everything I have. I will do everything I can to protect you. And so, man, this story just like, first of all, yes, it's the definition of a faith mom. Second of all, man, this is amazing. I just want to like hug you and like, be, that's just amazing. And then third of all, I'm like, God, you love us that much? Like, I'm so overwhelmed, y'all. We better get to this second question because I will keep talking because I am so <laughs> overwhelmed. This is amazing. Whew. Mm, 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 mm. Yeah, it is amazing. And I tell anyone that if you don't believe in God or you don't believe in miracles, look at Jeremiah because he is a miracle. I mean, he came exactly three months early. We had to actually sit and watch his body develop in front of us, being two pounds, one ounce, and then dropping within that first week to one pound and 13 ounces um, to where he is now. He was so tiny that my husband could hold him in the palm of his hand. But one thing that they told us in the NICU is that he is feisty. You know, he was trying to do things before he was, knew what he was doing. I mean, he was trying to turn over and get away from us um, when he was like three pounds, giving him a bath, you know. So now he's just so vocal, and it's just it's an amazing to actually see how he's grown so much. And to me, he's a big boy, you know. Some people are like, oh, he's so tiny. But to me, I mean, going from two pounds to where he is now at 13, oh, my goodness. I mean, he's huge to me, you know, so. Every time I look at him, I just thank God every day. Just thank you. Thank you. He's, he's the best thing that has ever happened to me. All right, so Tiffany, you have to tell us, like, what scripture has really come alive to you through this experience? There's actually two. Um, one of them is Jeremiah 29:11. My husband and I love this, love this scripture. That's where his name came from. Um, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And we believe, we believe that for Jeremiah. We believe that for ourselves. And that name, when we also looked up the name Jeremiah, it meant that God will be exalted. So we knew that every time we say his name, we're lifting God up. We're giving him the praise, giving him the glory. So that was one of the scriptures. And our other scripture was Romans 8.28. And we know that all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. So we felt that, okay, God, how is this going to be good? We lost the baby. I've gone through all of this. Been in the hospital a total of 49 days. Two surgeries, actually three, including the emergency C-section. How, how, how is this good? What good could come from it? And the good that came from it is that my marriage is stronger, that I saw an undying love that my husband had for me, which caused me to love him even more because he saw me at my worst where I could not do anything, 
and he stayed there. He didn't bash me for being a woman that couldn't hold a baby in. You know, he didn't make me feel less than a woman because I was I had to keep having these surgeries or I had to be put on bed rest and I couldn't, you know, have sex or I couldn't do the laundry, I couldn't cook dinner. He he took all of that, you know, and he dealt with it and he didn't make me feel bad. What he did was he prayed for me, he told me that baby's gonna be okay. Jeremiah's gonna be here, he's gonna be good. Don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. Um so those were the two scriptures that really resonated with us or the that this hard, that difficult time. Kudos again to both of you and to Reggie. You know, I'm gonna say this because nobody else knows it, and we know it. Guess what? He's listening in on a on our um, call right now. That's how awesome he is. He is still listening in right now. We made him stay on mute though, because it's it's Faith Mama night. <laughs> but um, no, no. But he he's listening in right now. You know, just showing her support. So thank God for both of y'all. That's awesome. That is just awesome. Amen. And um, so Tiffany. What encouragement um, would you give to a mama that's going through a difficult season right now? Don't give up. Don't lose hope. Um, And always believe, even when everything around you says not to believe, just believe. Because you just got that, that faith, that little piece of faith. God can use that, and he will blow your mind. He he did it for me, you know. I lost faith. I lost hope. I didn't even believe anymore. And uh, my husband came to the hospital one day, and he had a book. And he gave me a notebook. He said, I want you to write down your thoughts. And I wrote down my thoughts, but on the front of the book it said, believe. And I just cried because I stopped believing. I, I stopped hoping. I was just like, I can't. I'm afraid. But just prayer, 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 I was able to get that belief back, knowing that it's all going to work out. He got me. He's not going to let me down. Um, and he did it, you know. He did it. So what I can say to another mom that is going through something, you know, tragic like that or going through something that's difficult, just keep believing. And as long as you believe, you have hope, God will see you through it. We're so excited, Tiffany. We're so grateful that you shared your story with us. and. Oh, man, this story, I think I'm going to play this podcast over and over again, and I encourage all the listeners, any time that you're going through something, any time that it doesn't look like what you think it should, and you're trying to hold on to faith, you're trying to hold on to belief and hope, re-listen to this podcast. Listen to it as many times as you have to. Take excerpts out. Put it on your wall. Take the encouragement that she said. Just write it down and post it up um, because God is doing something through this testimony. Um, So, Tiffany, would you mind praying for the moms that are listening today? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, Father God, I just want to thank you for today. I want to thank you for this podcast. I want to thank you for Faith Moms, uh, Faith Mamas, Lord. And I pray that any mom that has heard this, any mom that is struggling, any mom that needs encouragement, that you give them encouragement. You send them people to help them, to uplift them. You send them a word. You send them a sign. You just answer their prayer, Lord God. I pray that this podcast reaches many, many, many people across the world, Lord. And I pray that it helps somebody believe again, somebody have hope again, somebody real know that it has, God, you did it for her. I know you'll do it for me, God. So I thank you, Lord, for allowing me to share my testimony. I thank you for my testimony. I thank you for everything that you're about to do in our lives because of this testimony, Lord. I thank you for Faith Mamas, and I pray that their radio show, their app, their podcast blows 
up, Lord, and reaches millions of people across the world and that they're able to just encourage everyone that they come across, Lord. So I thank you, God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.